This is Radio Romania International. You are listening to our one-hour broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa. We can also be heard on the Internet at www.rri.ro channel 1. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram and other social media platforms. Our programs are also available on TuneIn and via satellite Eurosat 16A on 11.512MHz vertical polarization, azimuth 16 degrees east, symbol rate 29.950 mega symbols per second, standard DVB-S2, modulation 8PSK, audio PID 510. We wish you good reception conditions. Hello, this is Daniel Bills with the news, the headlines. Authorities in Romania say the country has no problems related to its gas supplies. Romanian MPs are today debating upon the simple motion tabled by the opposition USR and the force of the right against the Liberal Interior Minister Lucian Bode. And the government of Romania has dispatched a specialized intervention team to Turkey after the powerful earthquake that struck that country on Monday. The Minister of Energy in Romania, Virgil Popescu, says that the country has no problems in providing natural gas during the winter season because it has enough gas resources stored. At present, we have 780 million cubic meters more than in the same period last year, Popescu said. The minister held talks with all the big importers of oil products on the market and pointed out to the fact that the latter had diversified their sources in an attempt to avoid any shortages. Minister Popescu recalled that next winter, Romania is going to rely on a billion cubic meters of gas from Azerbaijan under a contract signed a couple of days ago. Romanian MPs are today debating upon the simple motion tabled by the opposition USR and the force of the right against the Liberal Interior Minister Lucian Bode amid the forgery allegations he is presently facing. The signatories of a document entitled Romania deserves better than thieves in public positions say the purpose is to draw attention to the unacceptable stay in a public position of a man who doesn't deserve his academic title or the respect of the Romania's honest workers. The USR and the force of the right are blaming the minister for the humiliating failure Romania registered while trying to join Schengen, as well as the rigged public tenders for the purchase of cars by the clients of government structures. The motion will be voted upon on Wednesday. Romanian President Klaus Johannes has conveyed condolences on Romania's behalf to Turkey after the earthquake which hit Turkey and Syria. Romania is solidary with those affected by the tragedy, the Romanian president wrote on Twitter. The government of Romania decided to dispatch a specialized intervention team to Turkey 
a country seriously affected by the powerful earthquake last night. The support comes after the international assistance request Turkey launched via the EU civil protection mechanism. In another development, the foreign ministry informs that Romania's embassy in Ankara has been contacted by a group of 10 Romanian citizens, a professor and nine Erasmus students who were in a town affected by the earthquake. They announced they are okay and requested consular assistance for repatriation. A 7.8 earthquake rocked Turkey and Syria in the morning, killing hundreds and wounding thousands. The earthquake had the epicenter close to the Turkish city of Gaziantep, close to the Syrian border, wreaking havoc on an infrastructure already affected by the war. The Senators Trade Federation in Romania on Monday announced fresh protest actions in Bucharest aimed at denouncing the low salaries in this field of activity. Trade unionists are calling for a 15% pay rise and for a series of debates on the salary law and the proper funding of medical institutions. The protesters are going to gather in front of the government building and start a march through the capital city Bucharest, which will symbolically include several big hospitals in Bucharest. And we end this news bulletin with a special announcement. On February 13th, we mark World Radio Day. This year's edition is themed Radio and Peace. War as an antonym to peace signifies an armed conflict between countries or groups within a country, but may also translate into a conflict of media narratives. The narrative can increase tensions or maintain conditions for peace in a given context. Since wars begin in the minds of men, it is in the minds of men that the defenses of peace must be constructed. On World Radio Day 2023, we invite you, dear friends, to send us short written or voice messages illustrating this theme radio and peace. We are looking forward to receiving your contributions at engl at rri.ro or on WhatsApp at 0040744312650. The most interesting of them will be included in special editions of our programs or will be posted on our social media. After a weekend with snowfalls and blizzards, Romania is now faced with a cold spell. I'm Cristina Mateescu with this report by Daniela Budu. After spring-like temperatures in January, a cold wave has engulfed most of the country, which weather forecasts say will last a few days. The weather will be cold in all regions, with highs mostly below zero degrees Celsius, Frosty temperatures, especially in the intracarpathian areas, and winds. Meteorologist Mihai Khushtiu explains. The whole week, the highest temperatures will range from minus 5 to 0 degrees Celsius, only possibly higher in the southern hills. The lows will be below zero, between minus 14 and minus 4 degrees. 
dipping to minus 18 and minus 20 in some areas. In the southeast of the country, the wind will make it even colder. We're also expecting cold weather in the capital city, with highs of 1 or 2 degrees Celsius and lows between minus 8 and minus 5. The cold wave has already come, with the coldest night this year seeing temperatures drop to minus 22 degrees Celsius in the mountains, while wind speeds reached as much as 110 kilometers per hour. The cold comes after a weekend with a number of yellow and amber cold alerts for bad weather. Heavy snowfalls were reported in the mountains and blizzards in other areas, especially on the coast, in the west and in the east. A number of roads and all ports were closed and air travel was partly disrupted, while avalanche alerts were in place in the mountains. Two big avalanches were reported on Saturday night in the Fagarash Mountains at heights of over 2,000 meters. One hit a hotel where there were tens of guests covering the cars in the parking lot, but no one was hurt. The layer of snow exceeded two meters in the Lake Bulla area, where an avalanche was also reported. Romania's Mountain Rescue Service received what they described as a worrying number of emergency calls at the weekend, rescuing hundreds of people, of whom a few dozens needed medical care. The General Inspectorate for Emergency Situations said it carried out actions in tens of counties and the capital Bucharest to deal with the effects of snowfalls, blizzards and strong wind. Some areas faced problems with their electricity supply. The firefighting service helped free a number of cars stuck in snow and removed dozens of trees and electricity poles fallen by the storm. Many cars were also damaged. Travel on many national and county roads was disrupted because of the snow. According to the Inspectorate for Emergency Situations, travel is still difficult in many counties and motorists are advised to equip their vehicles appropriately before their trips. Romania has sufficient natural gas stocks for the cold season, says the energy minister Virgil Popescu. I'm Lakamara Simeon with this commentary by Leila Keamil. The Russian-Ukrainian war has caused many concerns at European level, also from the perspective of energy resources in the sense of uninterrupted supply. The conflict has shown once again the importance of Romania's energy security, a vital component of the national security policy. Energy security depends on a number of factors, such as energy resources, geopolitical situation and transportation routes. The Romanian energy minister Virgil Popescu has stated, in this sense, that the country has no problem in providing natural gas for the cold season because there are sufficient stocks. He has added that Romania can overcome without problems potential consumption peaks generated by negative temperatures. He has explained that the country currently has almost 780 million cubic meters of gas more than it had in the same period of last year. Moreover, the energy minister has given assurances that there are no reasons of concern due to the embargo on Russian diesel oil, which has recently come into force. Minister Virgil Popescu has said that he discussed with all the major importers of oil products on the market and that they diversified their sources of supply so as to eliminate any disruptions. 
Therefore, Romania will successfully overcome the ban imposed on Russian diesel oil, just as it succeeded at the end of last year with the ban on crude oil, Virgil Popescu pointed out. The diversification of supply sources is one of the concerns of the Romanian authorities. Last week, Romania and Azerbaijan extended the contract for the delivery of Azeri natural gas to Romania. The document signed in Baku provides for the possibility of delivering quantities of up to 1 billion cubic meters until March 31, 2024, and will enter into force on April 1st this year. On a visit to Azerbaijan, the Romanian head of state, Klaus Johannes, has stated that in recent years, Bucharest has made substantial investments in the development of gas transport capacity, as well as of a connectivity system with neighboring countries. In turn, the Prime Minister Nicolae Tuka stated after a meeting held in Cairo at the end of last week with the Egyptian Minister of Petroleum and Mineral Resources that Romania was interested in completing the consumption needs using the Egyptian liquefied natural gas terminal until the moment when it will be able to capitalize on the deep sea gas from the Black Sea. Nicolae Ciuca believes that solutions will be found to supplement the amount needed for Romania as well as to offer support to the Republic of Moldova. On the occasion of the Prime Minister Ciuca's visit to Cairo, a cooperation agreement was signed between the Romanian Transgas Company and the Egyptian Gas Transport Company. And that was Radio Newsreel. Report of the Day Welcome everyone, I'm Vlad Palku. The security challenges posed by maritime factors in the Black Sea area in 2022 to the Euro-Atlantic posture and resilience triggered a reshaping of the entire security architecture in the area and Europe as a whole. What can be done to restore, maintain and enhance resilience in the Black Sea region? An answer to this question and many others was provided in the first edition of Resilience Talks of 2023, hosted by the Euro-Atlantic Resilience Centre in Bucharest. The current global security challenges have clearly shifted the Black Sea region from the periphery to the centre of Euro-Atlantic security concerns. Russia's illegal and unwarranted aggression in Ukraine proved that the Black Sea region should not be considered separately, but an integral part of global security systems. Attending the debate, Dr. Thomas Durrell Young from the Department of National Security Affairs at the Naval Postgraduate School in Monterey, and currently an academic advisor to the President of the Defense Security Corporation University in Washington, D.C., said that although Russia revealed it is uncoordinated and unorganized, its resourcefulness and destabilizing ability should not be underestimated. Historically speaking, Russia has never been more dangerous than when it's weak. And now it's weak and it's getting weaker by the day. And so I think we have to be very, very on the lookout, to be prepared, and thank God we have this center here looking at resilience because we need to be prepared 
for something we don't see coming. Because the Russians are very good at this. They're not necessarily very good to follow through, but they're very good at, at, at weaponizing things that we never thought of that they would do before. You know, lobbying organizations, uh, you name it. Uh, money, putting money into political campaigns. But we need to be prepared for what we don't see coming, and we have to stay united, and we have to have coherence in response. Because the one thing the Russians are very good at finding are those seams between us and exploiting it. The future geopolitical landscape clearly shapes the Russian Federation as a threat, with global actors now reviewing individual and collective approaches to the Black Sea. One strong example of that is the introduction of the Black Sea Security Act in the US Senate in December last year, requiring the US National Security Council to coordinate with specified federal agencies to provide an interagency report to Congress on U.S. efforts and policy options towards the Black Sea countries, Romania included. And this has been all in Report of the Day. You are listening to Radio Romania International. The History Show Welcome to the History Show, today with me, Cristina Matescu. We dedicate this edition to radio journalist Mircea Karp, who used to work for the Romanian service of Radio Free Europe and contributed to the huge prestige enjoyed by that station. Karp turned 100 on the 28th of January 2023, having lived through one of the most problematic centuries in the history of mankind, including Romania the century of two world wars, fascism and communism. After fighting on the front in the Second World War, where he was wounded and decorated, Mircea Karp emigrated to the West when the war was over. He was one of the most recognizable voices on the radio and worked with the most important free media institutions in the Romanian language after 1945, namely the Voice of America and Radio Free Europe. Together with his colleagues, he stood by the Romanian people in all the difficult moments they went through, both before 1989 and after. Those who were around at the time will never forget the opening of Radio Free Europe's broadcast, which played George Enescu's first Romanian rhapsody and Mircea Karp's announcement, this is Radio Free Europe, which was repeated four times. In 1997, the Oral History Center of the Romanian Radio Broadcasting Corporation recorded Mircea Karp's experience working for The Voice of America. He was asked if the station knew about the tragedy of political prisoners in Romania and how it covered this issue for the Romanian public. Of course he knew, and we covered the subject, but we had to be careful with the information we would broadcast. In fact, the news broadcast by The Voice of America, then and today, had to be verified by at least two sources in order to be confirmed. You can imagine that we got all sorts of information from Romania and had to consider if it was true. 
we were very aware of the horrors taking place in the Romanian prisons, at the canal and in other places. But we had to be careful when we named names, dates and places, because things might have been exaggerated, or some people couldn't remember exactly when the events occurred, or when exactly they met a certain person. So in this respect we were very, very careful not to make mistakes. Of course, after we got the confirmation we needed, we would broadcast the information, including interviews. In most cases, the persons we interviewed wanted to remain anonymous, and rightly so, because they still had families back in Romania and didn't want to make their situation unpleasant. Mircea Karp began working for Radio Free Europe in 1951 before moving to the Voice of America, where he became known to Romanian language listeners for the quality of his programs. In 1978, he returned to Radio Free Europe, where he infused more energy into the station's Romanian language broadcasts and where his foreign policy show called The Political Program was very popular with the public. Mircea Karp explains. Before I joined Radio Free Europe, their broadcasts were a bit flat. Without wanting to blow my own trumpet, I brought some American energy to these broadcasts, shorter reports and interviews with people from all corners of the world, including well-known Romanians living in exile in the free world. But apart from my own contribution, the station itself, perhaps sensing that the collapse of the Iron Curtain was near, intensified its campaign. The Romanian language department increased its focus on programs that scrutinized the situation in Romania and revealed everything that was intolerable about this situation. I'm speaking of the things that were not visible on the surface, but which many people knew about, although not all in any case. The fact that a foreign radio station shed light on the real political, economic, cultural and military situation in Romania was much appreciated by our listeners, who were themselves unable to speak openly, to say what they were thinking or what they had heard and who found their feelings echoed in the programmes of Radio Free Europe. The Romanian radio journalist Mircea Karp turned 100. He is an integral part of the history of free audiovisual media in Romania, alongside the likes of Noel Bernard, Monica Lovinescu, Virgil Ierunca, Vlad Georgescu and Nicolae Constantin Munteanu. And that was the History Show.
Next on Radio Romania International, Think Greener. Hello, I'm Cristina Matescu, and today we're going to talk about the first climate lawsuit against the Romanian state. This was initiated by a civil society group called Declic Community at the Cluj Court of Appeal and asks that the government be obliged to take concrete action to combat climate change. Moreover, Declic asked for fines to be levied against Prime Minister Nicolae Ciuca, Energy Minister Virgil Popescu and Environment Minister Tanchos Barna for every day in which they delay taking action. The file submitted to the court writes that the government's failure to act affects the right to life and the right to private life, the right to a healthy and sustainable environment, and the right to a dignified future for the next generations. The state has the obligation to take measures to ensure a healthy and sustainable future for all citizens. The European climate law was adopted in June 2021 and stipulates that at least 40% of final energy consumption must come from renewable sources. The CLIC believed the Romanian government appears to be less and less interested in the climate issue because Romania still doesn't have its own climate law and neither has it aligned itself with the goals of the European Union on the reduction of greenhouse gas emissions. The CLIC emphasized that while in 2020 Romania's renewable energy target was 38%, this has dropped to 33% for 2030. The file submitted in court contains studies and reports drawn up by researchers in the field, who argue for the need to urgently adopt measures to combat climate change. The aim of the lawsuit is to obtain a court ruling obliging the Romanian state to take all the necessary measures to reduce greenhouse gas emissions by 55 percent by 2030 and achieve climate neutrality by 2050, as well as to increase the share of renewable energy to 45 percent of consumption and boost energy efficiency by 13 percent by 2030. The Minister for the Environment, Waters and Forests, Tanjos Barna, responded by saying that the leaders of the Declic community are beginning to lose a number of lawsuits against the authorities and that this may also be the case with their latest action. He said he referred specifically to the leaders of the group but did not address the complaints raised. Declic's action is by no means unique in Europe. According to Agile Press News Agency, civil society in France, the Netherlands and Ireland won their lawsuits against their respective governments, thus obliging these states to ensure efficient measures to achieve climate neutrality. Also in 2022, Britain's High Court ruled that the government's net-zero strategy is in breach of the law on climate change and the British government has had to update its climate law to include a quantitative report on how its policies will achieve the climate goals. And that's all in Think Greener.
Next in this program, sports. Welcome to Sports Roundup with Mila Kramiora Simeon. Romania's Davis Cup team defeated the team of Thailand 3-2 on Saturday in Nontaburi in the first round of the World Group 1 playoff. On Friday, in the first singles match, Nicolas David Dionel was surprisingly defeated by Yutana Charoepon 7-5-3-6-6-1. David Dionel, the best-ranked Romanian in the ATP singles ranking, that is, on the 225th place, lost to an opponent who is only on the 976th place in the world ranking. Filip Cristian Gianu defeated Kathedit Samrej, 6-4, 6-7, On Saturday in the doubles, the pair Marius Kopil Viktor Vlad Korna was defeated by the pair Prochalstaro Tantub Suksumarn for 6-6-2, 6-4. Two Romanian victories followed in the singles. Nicolas David Yonel won against Kathedit Samrej, 6-4, 6-1, then Filip Cristian Gianu defeated Yutana Charoenpon, 6-0-6-2. Romania will play in September 2023 in World Group 1. At the WTA 250 tournament in Lyon, with prizes up for grabs worth 225,480 euros, the Romanian-Swiss pair Monica Niculescu-Victoria Golubic reached the semifinals. In the semifinals, Monica and Victoria were defeated by the pair Cristina Buxa from Spain, Bibian Skofs, uh, Netherlands, 6-4-3-6-10-8. Niculescu and her partner received 3,504 euros and 110 WTA points for the doubles. On Saturday in Bucharest, Romania's rugby team defeated the Polish national team 67-27 at the start of the 2023 edition of the Rugby Europe Championship competition. Romania managed 11 tries. Mihai Kiriko and Taylor Gontiniak scored two tries each. Marius Simionescu, Tudor Butnariu, Gheorghe Gajon, Henkli Vauvasa, Paul Popoaia, Robert Irimescu and Alexander Dinu scored one try each. Popoaia also managed two conversions and Lionel Melinte four. The next match of Romania's rugby team will take place on February 11th away from home against Belgium. And that's all from sports. listening to Radio Romania International. Hi there, I'm Ana Maria Popescu with a new show in the Music Time series, bringing you emerging artists and under-the-radar Romanian music on Radio Romania International. My guest this week, Daniel Boyanjiu, is the man behind Dennis, a fresh, exciting project in the Bucharest rock music scene.
welcome to the show. It's good to have you here. Hello, Anna. Thanks for uh, thanks for the invitation. Exactly. What or who is Dennis? Is it a person, a band, a project, <laughs> an acronym for what? Well, uh, Dennis is me. It's uh, more like an extension of myself. First of all, it was my nickname back in uh, uh-huh. in my hometown, so okay. that's where I got the name from. And um, then I wanted to do more solo stuff, branching off from all of my other musical projects. And uh, the name came easily. I was like, why not go under this name, Dennis? Mm-hmm. And the acronym is just a way to mess with people. It doesn't. Uh, <laughs> everybody can uh, can give their own interpretation to that. But yeah. Okay. You mentioned other projects. Can you tell me a little more about this? Well, I've been uh, playing in bands and making music for uh, almost 10 years now. Since I was uh, 16, I've been in multiple bands, uh, fronted multiple bands, including uh, uh, Cardinal, which mm-hmm. is, uh, has gained a bit more traction here in Romania as a psychedelic rock, math rock group. Uh, then there was my punk band. Uh, can I swear? <laughs> There's a swear <laughs> word in the title of that one. You can try. <laughs> it's uh, it was called Fuck You Draku. Okay. The punk band. Then there was Cold Brats, where I played bass uh, for them, and uh, they're gaining quite a bit of hype in the hardcore uh, noise punk scene. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, it's just hard hard to keep track of them, but I <laughs> wanted to. Uh, do um, to do more solo stuff, mm-hmm. have more control over the entire process. Okay, so how would you define the genre that you approach with Dennis? Well, Dennis is a mixed bag, but uh, I would say a mix between garage punk and psychedelic rock mm-hmm. is where where I'm at. But I like to try a lot of stuff in my songs and not really narrow myself down when I'm writing. Nice. Let's talk a little about Bucharest Midnight, your first LP. (laughs) I came from a small town to Bucharest almost 30 years ago, and it made me remember the first impact of the city on me. I think I liked the idea of Bucharest more than the city itself. But listening to your album, I have the feeling that you really like the city. Uh, You absorb (laughs) it somehow in a very unique manner. Am I wrong? Yes, uh, that was uh, the case. I've lived it very intensely for the first years moving here. And I've uh, really loved it. And like you said, I've really loved the idea of this big city. Mm-hmm. And uh, what what can I do for it? What can it do for me, this uh, relationship with it? That's mm-hmm. what the album is all about. One of my favorite pieces on the album is called Music Written in... The 109 night the, bus? Yes. <laughs> Did you really write the music while on a bus or in the subway you have this video yes, too? Uh, for me, is uh, the thing with public transport is where I write down most of my ideas. Really? I get uh, really inspired and that the night bus uh, is one of them, yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what 
What are some of your favorite things or places in Bucharest? I really like um, like the the place you have your radio here. The streets are very old looking, and mm-hmm. I feel like every every one of these old uh, cracked, rotting buildings has a very distinct story to it. Mm-hmm. And I like to dream about that, think about that. What could be happening behind those uh, those drawn curtains? <laughs> don't necessarily strike me as an introvert so uh, why the big green head is it a mask everybody's asking about the green head Uh, of course uh, the album had to have an image and i found it a bit boring uh, for it to be my face or there's nothing special about my face and what can be more uh, striking to people than a really giant green big <laughs> head <laughs> so that's where the idea came from and of course i'm a fan of uh, uh frank sidebottom the mm-hmm. english character and uh, it, in a way it is a tribute to him but i wanted to put my own uh, my own idea to it and i i like a lot of rock bands that play with masks and mm-hmm. props in their uh and their shows to give it more of like a theatrical uh, a theatrical thing and uh, I wanted to play with that as well mm-hmm. just speaking to make it interesting for the audience speaking of shows I've been trying to to find a way to reach you ever since Summerwell when I loved the energy you were giving to the public and I wanted to ask you would you rather be on stage performing or in a studio writing or recording What's your favorite part of the music business? Well, I think uh, performing has to be the most fun part. And uh, after many years, it comes more natural. And I like to connect with the crowd as every as every musician does. But uh, also being in the studio feels uh, challenging. And mm-hmm. the challenge is also a big part of it. Let's somehow wrap it up by talking about the future. Are you working on anything new? Uh, yes, and I would like to mention it now for the first time uh, that I'm working on the new four-track EP mm-hmm. called uh, Televisor Color. 
color television. Uh-huh. And uh, it's gonna be more uh, straight up punk on this material. And then I'm probably going to move on to more like uh, loose, mellow compositions. But I just wanted to get this these punk songs out of my system, <laughs> first <laughs> of see. all. <laughs> I see. That's great. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you, Anna. And, and thank good you, luck. Radio Romania. <laughs> this is Dennis signing off. That was Daniel Boyandiu, a.k.a. Dennis. I leave you with Four Walls of the album Bucharest Midnight. I'm Ana Maria Popescu. Thanks for listening. Living Romania. This is Bucharest Radio Romania International. DX Mailbag. Welcome to a new edition in our DX Mailbag series. Once again, we go on a journey around the world, greeting listeners and friends, allowing you to compare how other listeners across the continents receive our programs. I'm Eugen Nasta. The first message we're taking out of the box this week is the one sent in by Fahri Fahri, our listener based in Rejo Sari, Indonesia. Our listener reported our English-language broadcast directed to Southeast Asia and South Pacific in the 13th and the 16th meter band. On January the 20th, 2023, from 06.30 to 06.45 hours UTC, on 21.470 kilohertz, Mr. Fahri tuned into our programs and his simpo was for all. On January the 20th, 2023, on 11.780 kilohertz from 06.45 to 06.55 hours UTC, our listener in Indonesia reported a simpo of to all. The receiving equipment is made of a Texon PL330 and a telescopic plus Texon AN-1 antenna. Mr. Madhab Chandrasagur, our listener in West Bengal, India, tuned in to our broadcast in Hebrew on January the 22nd, 2023, at 17.30 hours UTC on 73.70 kHz. Madhab's SIO rating, the signal of our broadcast, was for all strong and steady in our listeners' own words. 
The receiving equipment is made of a Grundig YB400 receiver with an external one meter long antenna. Miss Rosiana Lakeland, based in Southampton, Hampshire, the United Kingdom, tuned into our radio broadcast on January the 22nd, 2023, from 11.59 to 12.56 hours UTC on 15.460 kHz. Miss Lakeland's SINPO rating for the signal of our broadcast was 5 all. Perfect better than DRM sound quality using anti-fading, DSP and soft noise reduction. You are listening to Radio Romania International. You're tuned to Radio Romania International. The DX mailbag continues. I'm Eugen Nastam. Miss Rosiana Lakeland's receiving equipment is made of an AirSpy HF Plus Discovery YZ SDR hashtag with a noise removal and 18-meter copper wire. Mr. Adrian Mikalev, our good old friend based in Malta, sent in his reception reports for November and December 2022. Mr. Mikalev's SINPO rating for the signal of our broadcast was 53553 and 54554. Gordon R. Lyell, living in Illinois, the United States of America, wrote the following on our programs. Radio Romania's signal is often very good for me here in southern Illinois. Just wanted to let you know I'm a regular listener of shortwave and I know many more enjoy your broadcasts. Keep up the good work and thanks for keeping Shortwave alive. A vicar based in Ascola, Finland, Kari Tuovinen, tuned into our broadcast on Tuesday, January the 24th, 2023, on 73.25 kHz, from about 1.30 to 1.57 hours UTC. The receiving equipment is made of an SDR Blade DX with an active mini-whip antenna and an FM antenna. Our time-honored listener, Mr. Chris Malbeuf, based in British Columbia in Canada, tuned into our radio station on January the 21st, 2023, from 0400 to 0450 hours UTC on 7410 kHz. Chris's rating for the signal of our broadcast was 5-all, very excellent and clear. Mr. Ratan Kumar Paul, a teacher living in West Bengal, India, tuned into our broadcast in English on January the 17th, 2023, from 1200 to 1300 hours UTC on 15460 kHz. The receiving equipment is made of a Grundig Digital and a telescopic antenna and 50 feet wire use. Ratan's SIO rating for the signal of our broadcast was for all. Fabrizio Savini, our listener based in the city of Grottamare, Italy, tuned into our radio station on January the 26th, 2023, on 17800kHz from 1210 to 1235 hours UTC, with a simple rating of 45434. The receiving equipment 
is made of a Kiwi SDR with an MFG 1886 antenna. Mr. Najimuddin is the director of the International DX Radio Listeners Club, located in West Bengal, India. On January the 26, 2023, from 6.30 to 700 hours UTC, on 21.470 kHz, Mr. Najimuddin tuned into our radio broadcast. His receiving equipment is made of a Grundig YB80 receiver with a telescopic rod antenna. The simple rating for the signal of our broadcast was 33232. Mr. John Zachary Alvarez, our listener in Dos Marinas, the Philippines, tuned into our radio broadcast on January the 26, 2023. On 96.20 kHz, from 2300 to 2356 RZTC. His simple rating for the signal of our broadcast was 45555. The receiver is a Sahuadon D808 with an XH data AN-80 antenna. Mr. Paul B. Walker Jr., our listener in McGrath, Alaska, the United States of America, tuned into our radio station on January the 25th, 2023, on 61.45 kHz at 0530 hours UTC. On January the 27th, 2023, at 2147 UTC, on 73.10 kHz, and with a simple rating of 533. Tomasz Kotas, based in Katowice, Poland, tuned into our radio broadcast in English using a Texun S2000 MFJ 1020C antenna tuner and a long wire 20.5 meter antenna. Mr. Patrick Cravers, living in Sheffield, England, tuned into our broadcast in English on January the 29th, 2023. From 0430 hours to 0500 hours UTC on 6020 kHz. Patrick's SINPO code rating was 55544. Our listener uses an AirSpy HF Plus Discovery and an SDR console version 3.3 software. His antenna is a Wellbrook ALA 1530 LN loop and 2 meters AGL. Mr. Mindaugas Maciauskas, living in Kaunas, Lithuania, tuned into our radio station on January the 28th, 2023, from 1200 to 1257 hours UTC on 15.460 kHz. That's all we have time for in this week's DX Mailbag. Those of you who sent in their reception reports or receive a QSL card in the shortest time possible. Until then, from me, Eugen Nasta, it's goodbye and all the best, 73s. Focus on Romania. Coming up next on Radio Romania International...
simply folk. Welcome to Simply Folk with me, Lacremera Simeon. Today's program features Mariana Yatagan with the song Upstream the Ardish River. our broadcast in English for listeners in Western Europe and Africa has come to an end. You can listen to our next program for Western Europe at 1800 hours UTC on 7350 kHz in the DRM system and on 9770 kHz in analog system. Listeners in Africa can receive our programs tomorrow at 1200 hours UTC on 17800 and kHz. We can also be heard on the internet at ri.ro channel 1. If you have any comments or suggestions, please write an email at engl at ri.ro. Goodbye. <laughs>